Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the HP Podcast, another edition of your fam- favorite fa- favorite favorite video game podcast that comes from <laughs> Handsome Phantom. I'm Ben, and with me here is Brandon hey. and Dave. Hello. Dave, we've been so blessed to have you multiple weeks in a row now. I'm just, it just tickles me pink. Yeah. I like being in the presence of Dave. Yeah. You were here like very consistently. And then there were like a couple weeks there where it was like, oh, I got to do like a birthday thing or I got to get married, like all this boring stuff. And now like you're just back and that's great. Fellas, I try to make time in my life for you on a consistent <laughs> basis and occasionally um, menial tasks like getting married kind of get right. in the way. So right. I will... if you could just like if you could just teach Phil how to do that, too. <laughs> <laughs> I got to rag on Phil because he's not here, but well, he's, we'll he's running every single Bank of America branch in America right now, right? Uh, it's not Bank of America, but yes, that's oh, correct. That yeah. sounds actually pretty right. Pretty right. Okay. Yeah, sounds pretty right. Uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, you can head on, ladies, as if there's any women who listen to this show. Maybe. I mean, there probably are. Actually, I know there's at least a couple. So uh, <laughs> it's a gamer joke, folks. You can go over and support us. We thank the patrons who do over at patreon.com slash handsome phantom. You can get ad-free early access for as little as a dollar a month. That's like less than 25 cents an episode, depending on the month. We would really appreciate it. It helps us keep the lights on, proverbial lights on. Also, uh, if you're a $3 patron and up, you can listen to HP After Dark that comes out a week early for those patrons. I'm sorry, a month early for those patrons. We had a new episode go up either earlier this week or end of last week. And uh, Brandon, Dustin, and I sat down and it was a good time. Had a chat. I had a little chat. Do, about, uh, do, do huh? patrons get invites to the stockholder meeting or is that still pretty exclusive? No, I mean, they don't have stock. They just get perks. So, yeah. I mean, you can bring a plus one if you want. <laughs> you just, you it'll, just it'll, like, it'll be Phil. You pick one at random. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we revoked Phil's stock uh, recently. So uh, anyway, check out HP After Dark if you haven't. Whether you're a patron or not, you can go back and listen to all the old episodes. Uh, if you're a patron, you get, uh, if you're a $3 and up patron, you get a month ad, uh, ad free early access. Well, it's all exact free, but early access to that. Um, but it's our show where we just talk about nothing. And it's a good time, a good time. Sometimes like there's just some goofs and some some dirty talk. And other times, like we have like a lot of self reflection and talking about society, and most of the times the episodes end up being a combination of both. So it's literally just we get to talk about whatever we want for an hour. It's just kind of like freeform jazz on the mic, um, and in a way, in a way, you described it like that. I quit. We talked about uh, measuring our dicks (laughs) once in milk. You specifically talked about about measuring your dick. How conveniently worded, Dave? How conveniently (laughs) worded. Oh, man. Let's get into... Well, we've got a few things here. We've got a couple things that are may generate some more conversation, a couple things that are just going to be flyby topics, and maybe a couple things that we didn't even think about talking about. This story comes from Push Square. Now, gentlemen, maybe you remember recently uh, the, the company Dbrand. They make a lot of like aftermarket stuff to make your, your consoles look cool, and they make some like controller configurations and and everything like that. But most notably, they make like plates for your console. And they used to make like stickers to put on your console to make the like wraps, you know, like you would pimp my pimp my car, like pimp my PS4 kind of thing. That's right. Uh, but basically, Dbrand got into a dispute with Sony over replacing the faceplates. Now, Sony basically said you can't make exact ripoffs of our faceplates because they are ours. We put a lot of R&D into that. We made them designed a certain way. And Dbrand basically was like, all right, send the lawyers. So Sony did. They sent the lawyers and they were like, hey, um, you can't do that. You got to change it. And if you don't change it, we're going to sue you. So essentially, they sent them a cease and desist kind of letter. And now... Dbrand, and this was probably, probably 
their plan all along because it didn't take them long to redesign them. Uh, came back with a new plate. It's going to be you know a dark plate. Um, but the different the key differences here, they have a little bit of a different design. So I want to talk a little bit about like Sony's stubbornness in putting out new plates because we know that they could make a fortune selling us like you know, when new God of War comes out, sell us a new God of War plate. I'm sure people would throw that on there if they're not going to buy a brand new console. Right. Uh, and stuff like that. But I also want to just talk about like customization of consoles in general. And um, yeah, riff off of that. Brandon, why don't you start? Because I know this is something that you're into. Right. Now, this this whole name nameplate, um, side plate thing has been something we've been talking about since PS5 came out. Um, we know that this is an option, and this seems to be one of the first big pushes to add something new to the market. Um, I'm not surprised in any way that Sony instantly shut it down. Um, that being said, I don't necessarily think that's the best option. Um, I think we should have many options. Uh, if things like this wouldn't have happened in the past, we would have never had Mad Cats. Right. Um, so maybe actually, you know what? Maybe this was a good idea. Actually, no, <laughs> I think about it in that light. Yeah, get rid of Mad Cats. <laughs> yeah. But. Uh, but no, I, I think it would be awesome. There certainly was a lot of discourse about the color of the PlayStation and people like the new controller colors, even though there wasn't very many. People wanted the black console. Um, as soon as the PS5 was announced, there were mock-ups of the whole thing, photoshopped black already, almost instantly. Yeah. So it's something that's of interest, and I'm surprised Sony hasn't really hopped on yet. I don't know if they're waiting for the install base to be bigger or what, um, but... I don't know. I'm all about customizing your console. I don't know that I would jump on anything. It would have to be pretty high quality for me to think that it would be in any way better right. than the PlayStation one. But certainly if I can get a cool, cool design, maybe black out my console with my black controller, I'd jump on it. Especially if it was only like 20 or 30 bucks, I'd be there for sure. Yeah. Dave, are you the kind of guy who keeps your console somewhere you can see it and you want to be able to know what it looks like? Or do you shove it away underneath the entertainment center and forget about it? No, I definitely keep it visible. I like looking at it, even though I'm not crazy about the look of the um, the PlayStation uh, 5. But myself, I like to keep it stock. I did once buy one of those like wood grain faceplates for my 360, <laughs> yeah, and it actually yeah. matched my, um, my TV console pretty well. Um, so I wouldn't normally think about getting uh, a customized faceplate for a, you know something like the PlayStation 5. But if you go to... <laughs> If you go to their website, dbrand.com, their response is just perfect. And I, I'm, I'm tempted to just buy this because of how brilliant it is. First of all, if you look at, they're calling it Dark Plates 2.0, and the tagline is Checkmate Lawyers. Um, yeah. And they have this blurb about like just them clapping back at, at Sony. And uh, the last line uh, says, Now, under threat of litigation, those robots have to redesign their Dark Plates while also funding a legal defense. Needless, needless to say, some corners were cut. You're welcome. So these new plates are literally just, they've taken those top pointy corners and they've cut them off. Right. And it actually makes the, the PS5 look so much better. So yeah. again, this isn't something I normally do, but looking at their response and how good it actually makes the console look, I'd consider this. Well, and I think it's pretty clear, you know, like I mentioned earlier that like, you know, this, they're playing this up for drama. The D brand knows that they can't get away with just like straight up ripping off someone else's intellectual property, or in this case, specifically their, their copyright uh, or whatever, whatever it's called for physical items. Uh, and like this whole thing kind of developed last week. And then Sony set the season to assist. And all of a sudden they have these new design ones that are available to buy right now. So like they clearly knew this was coming and had a response ready in my opinion, but that doesn't mean it didn't work because their orders are already pushed back into January just for these plates. And uh, Brandon, part of the thing you were saying earlier, I was going to comment, you were saying, like, I don't know what they're waiting for. Maybe it's to have more consoles out in the wild, whatever. Probably also part of what they're waiting for is I know there's a lot of production holdups right now. Yeah, that's like, true. Plastic molds don't seem like that much of a problem, but they probably are. Yeah, I think it's it's like an overall problem. I mean, there's certainly an issue with chips in yeah, general yeah. of any sort. Um, but I would imagine that's kind of spilled over into a lot of other things like this involved with tech. So. Brandon, Dave mentioned that he had a a, a faceplate for his um, 360. Did you did you partake? No, no. I actually had the Modern Warfare 2. Oh yeah, Xbox 360, and so I needed it to say high speed, low drag. 
right. on the front, just like the AC-130. Right. So I was not tempted. <laughs> um, not this time. Yeah. Um, but wasn't really... I just had the normal black PS, PS4, and I wasn't really tempted there either. There wasn't a whole lot, I don't think, in the market. Right. Unless I just wanted a whole new console, of course, but... I had the 360, the Elite, or whatever it was called. Okay. The um, I had a regular one, and then I got this. I had it like secondhand from a buddy, and then I got this one or the uh, the 360 Elite, which was like you know I had more memory and everything too, but it was just all black, and I was like, that's way too cool to ever change it to anything else. And right. also, they had like camo ones, and I was not interested in that. Did- and then for the PS4. See, the, my PS3 was, I got it late in the gen. It was a slim model. It was just stand, standard, whatever. My PS4, though, I had a, a regular black one. And then I found uh, a Pro on, like, deep discount. And it was all white. Okay. It was the Destiny 2, oh, you yeah, know, yeah. Arctic white, whatever, model. And so I went ahead and went for it. But I didn't really, I never really liked the fact that it was white. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of a, I, I stuff them under the, under the entertainment center. And not that you can't see them. It's just like it's certainly not a focal point for me because right. I just want to play the games. I don't really. Yeah. No, it's not. I, I love it when I go to someone else's house and they have all their consoles looking really cool. But I don't do that myself, yeah. mostly because I have small children. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah but Dave, which, which one did you say you had for the 360? It was like this wood grain faceplate. Right. Yeah. It had I, like a red stripe down it, which really kind of bothered me, but uh, otherwise it matched almost perfectly. So. I think I do remember that. I but, remember that. Ben, yeah. did your 360 have internal Wi Fi? Mine did not. Uh, no, I had to have the. It was before they. Okay. That was the S that had the internal oh, okay. Wi Fi, I think. Gotcha. Um, which I have an S now that I got from GameStop for $50 and they gave me a $75 gift card. So they paid me $25. <laughs> Please take this. <laughs> to take the old 360. Yeah. And then it didn't work. Oh. Um, but it was past the. It was like a 30 day warranty because it was used. Anyway, I'm going way off on a tangent. No, my first one, you had to have the dongle. Yeah, um, well, the, it was just the most ridiculous thing to, yeah. pull, to pull like the little tiny antennas in the back of your console. I was just thinking about that when you guys were talking about the 360. I, I completely put that from my memory um, that I had to find a long ass Ethernet cord in order to do anything. So quick uh, tangent there. We we built my house like somewhere the, the house that I lived in when I had the 360 uh, somewhere right before like within a year before that I got my 360. Yeah. And we had the the plates in all the rooms, like the you know the plates for electric. They had like phone lines and Ethernet cable in them, but the Ethernet wasn't hooked up in all of them for some reason. Oh lord! And they just didn't get around to it, or we didn't do it, or it wasn't whatever. I don't know. So I actually had to when I was in the living room with it, uh, you know, where like my whole family was. I had I I could just use the Ethernet cable when I wanted to use it in my room. Uh, I had I actually, and I didn't have the the wireless dongle yet, the Wi-Fi dongle thing. Dongle is such a funny word. <laughs> I actually hooked up an Ethernet cable to my laptop and was able to somehow connect my 360 to my laptop off the laptop's Wi-Fi and like oh, Lord. use it. Uh, when you want to play Modern Warfare, you'll do anything. Amen, dude. I, you'll do I, anything. I drilled a massive. Sorry, mom. Massive <laughs> fucking hole through my mom's wall in order to. Uh, luckily, my room was the one facing the living room, which is where the modem was, and I just larger than necessary hole for an itty bitty wire i just went to town with that drill god yeah. bless him yeah it's always funny because you drill the hole the size you think it needs to be and then you remember like the end of it is way bigger than the rest of the cord <laughs> yeah so then you got to drill out a giant hole but then the cord looks really puny in there yeah you know yeah uh, that's a problem all over the place it's good days. times man i'm glad i don't have to think about it anymore really that's true dave by the way we haven't talked about this you got a series s right I do. Isn't it crazy how small it is? I love it. I, I put it on my desk. It's not here right now, but it normally sits on this small desk I have, and it just it lines up and fits so perfectly. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy small. Even my wife, when she first saw it, she, like I told her, I'm like, I when I get this thing, I want to put it on the desk, and she normally works from here. She's like, absolutely not. And I said, it's really small. And then when I pulled it out and showed her, she's like, wow, that is really small. She doesn't normally say that about things I show her. But I was just going to clip that. When I pulled it out to show her, she said it's really small. You said that with your wife again. Can you just say that the same thing again, but say my wife said, and then that way we can get the good clip. Anyway, no, sorry. Moments passed. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. I love how small it is. And uh, it's just Me so poor. And I, I, I move it all the time to my to where my TV is. And it's it's great. I love it. 
it looks really funny right next to the PS5. The Series S next to the PS5. Yeah, it's, it's like, just so small. Yeah, yeah. Moving along here, we're going to go over to Twisted Voxel for this next story. And this one's just a, a quick one, but maybe we'll have some little riffing off of here. Yeah. PS Plus November 2021 games line up to add three PSVR games. Quote, Sony has confirmed that three PSVR games will be added to the PS Plus November 2021 games lineup. They'll be available in addition to the other games. Now, usually, you know, we get three free games a month with PS Plus. Uh, there's usually two PS4 games, one PS5 game. A lot of times we've been getting new releases as the PS5 game. And I, sh- I say a lot of times, probably what, three or four times now. Yeah. Um, but what we don't know yet is what PSVR games they are going to be. And this is in celebration of PSVR's fifth anniversary. Dave, the first time and maybe the most recent time you played PSVR was here in our town. Have you played since then? No, no, I, I, it, it's, it's not my thing. I don't have yeah. a great setup for it. So yeah, that, that time that I, I visited you guys in Butler was the first and only time I've played thus far. We'll get back to this maybe, but what would be, Oh, hang on. No, no, no. I, I played again with you guys in Boston at PAX 2020. Oh, right. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. What might be good for your, like you're talking about your setup. Now it's a matter of if you want to spend $300 or not, but the quest two doesn't require any space other than the space you're standing in. That's that's really nice. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. This is not about PS or about Quest, but Brandon, what games? I know you're not in the PSVR scene necessarily, but you've played it a good bit. You've right. ex- had the experiences. What PSVR games do you think would be cool to see come for free with PS Plus? That's a good question because I kind of I don't know I've completely been like silent radio silence on the whole market because it's been something since the beginning that's never really felt like something that I'm interested in mm-hmm. so I don't even know that I have a great answer for you to be honest right um, and anything that I would offer would be something that was at the launch of PSVR right and it's probably already very cheap or free right um uh you would be surprised actually really the psvr games do not tend to go down as quickly or at all sometimes in certain cases as others but i would imagine we'll probably see some of the breakout hits like beat saber or super hot be some of the free ones um because at this point there's a pretty good chance they've milked the majority of the money out of them that they're going to i mean yeah they could be kind of shitty and give us some of the uh the not so good off off uh off brand PSVR yeah. games that have come out. Right. Bravo team. Um but hopefully that <laughs> won't be the case. No, no, no. I, I'd imagine things something that comes to mind and I couldn't remember the name of it. That's why I just looked it up. But Blood and Truth oh, looked yeah. cool and I think that was the one we actually tried out. Like a really early demo of it. Uh we tried out Blood and Truth at PAX no PSX twenty seventeen. Yeah. And it was only available in the press room. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. I'd love to see something like that. Um, I've heard like mixed things about Iron Man VR, but it would be cool to see it go in there. Yeah. And um, that's a first-ish party one too. Yeah. So that would be... And like things likely. like jo- Job Simulator are always super fun and cute. Wouldn't yeah. mind seeing something like that in the lineup. So Yeah, for sure. We got to try that one at the Oculus event, actually. Um, job Simulator? Yep. Was that Vacation Simulator? We got to try one of them. Yeah. 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 I can't remember either. Quick little story here. It takes two hits three million sales. This comes from Twinfinite. Developer Hazelight Studios is today, this is um, a couple days ago, celebrating yet another impressive sales milestone for its acclaimed co-op action adventure game. It takes two. They exceeded one million sales in April, two million in June, and now they've hit three million total. Uh, They did confirm this via the official channel. Guys, I don't think any of us have played It Takes Two. No, I'm really, really interested. Dustin actually bought it physically, so I was kind of waiting for him to be finished with it. Um, But I've thought about it since then, so I might end up getting it if he takes too long. Dave, does it appeal to you as a newly married man? Do you want to play a game about divorce? Well, okay, no, I was going to say (laughs) the reason why I want to try this game is is because I think it's something my wife and I could play together. Um, it's, It's just that sort of game, and it's... It's got a fun and cute personality with, uh, um, you know, a slightly deeper story. So definitely something uh, that's been on my radar for a little while. So now might be the time. This one's funny to me because if you look at It Takes Two, it's nothing like the developer's previous games. It's Joseph Ferris and company. No, dude, that's uh, what I was <laughs> yeah. that, That's what I was going to say, not to interrupt you, but I played a way out. Yeah. 
and I thought it was great. Some of the co-op things you could do in that game, I played it solo, but they offer kind of like a switch back and forth perspective. Right. Um, and some of the things they did in that game were really neat. Yeah. I didn't really like the game very much. I thought the whole package was interesting and a great step for co-op. But this one, I feel like, from what I've heard, is kind of like a step in the right direction. Yeah. Um, and that being said, I mean, if I like the first one even half as much as the second, you know, their next game, right. I mean, then, uh, yeah, it just sh- sh- looks like it's shaping up to be pretty good. Nice. I know Dustin and Holly were playing it at one point and really enjoying it as well. So I have to check it out. Minecraft. Now, you're probably thinking, Ben, not Minecraft came out like 12 years ago. Stop talking about it. And I think you're right. But Minecraft Java Edition and Bedrock Edition are coming to Xbox Game Pass for PC. And I highlighted this primarily. Well, not primarily. I highlighted this one because I had an issue uh, with this happening, with this happening to me. And two, um, I think it's cool that Game Pass for PC is getting more things. So anyway, uh, this comes from PC Games N. Com. Minecraft Live 2021 Mojang's annual celebration of all things bright and blocky is happening right now. This is earlier in the week as well. Uh, Mojang has also unveiled two versions of Minecraft are coming to Xbox Game Pass for PC later this year. They are Java Edition and Bedrock Edition, and they'll both be available starting on November 2nd. That's like a week and a half from us. So there's like a billion different versions of Minecraft at this point. And it's also been available on every possible gaming device Maybe even the Kindle Fire, for all I know. Yeah, really? Uh, actually, the old Kindle is what I meant to say. The Fire, I'm sure, has it because it's like a, a tablet. But uh, it's cool because I wanted to play with you guys, uh, Brandon, uh, a while back when everybody was, we were just chilling out, playing Minecraft, you know, talk, mostly just to talk, but also to play Minecraft uh, late at night. And uh, I had purchased the Alpha a long time ago, and there was no crossplay with the, I think that's, the java edition but there you guys had the bedrock edition right. something there was some, it was something weird that i couldn't play with you guys and so i ended up having to rebuy it on playstation or maybe i bought it on i don't know where i bought it anyway that problem for many people now will be solved if they have game pass yeah so they can just play with their friends and right. i like the fact that it's specifically that it's coming to the pc version because people have complained and i disagree a lot of the, for a lot of it that the PC versions, the PC version of Game Pass just isn't as good as the Xbox game, yeah. game Pass. So um, I'm excited to see it get more love for sure. No, me too. I mean, Minecraft has been something that I've played for years and years and years now. And it's really cool because every time I come in every couple of years, the game feels so vastly different. Yeah. Um, and I just really love what they're doing with it. Um, nothing feels not minecraft like to me everything they've added feels like it really makes sense to be in the game right um i saw recently that they're adding frogs i think which are really cute just like things Can where you eat them i would hope so yeah I, I would really hope so but uh no props to them for not just buying something and running it into the ground um the microtransactions are a little strange with the way things work in that game yeah. but the actual content they've added to the game has really interested me over the years. You know, way, way back in the day, you used to be able to design a character and import it into Minecraft. I don't know if you could still do that, but yeah, I you know could, to- You used to be able to do that in like, we would like color fill blocks and paint with like yeah. stencils yeah. and then you could upload that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, my buddy made me, it's so much easier now and streamlined and that, right. that's actually built into the like oh, microtransaction system, the way you look. Right, it's, but you have to pay for it. Some stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so- Dave, have you ever been a Minecraft guy? I've tried it, and my biggest issue with Minecraft, I really respect what it is and how long lived it's been and all that kind of stuff, but my 12-year-old nephews are, like, really into it. Um, So, like, I kind of have to keep my distance between my gaming habits and theirs because they might get really annoying. Um, So, yeah, I just – I haven't really – wanted to get it. that's probably for the best yeah it's always funny because they they come over and and they play minecraft and they watch minecraft dungeons and dungeons and all that stuff and uh, they're really good on it at it so like i needed to sort of humble them a bit so i made them play cuphead oh yeah um, <laughs> and that that works it worked really yes. well yes mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. i, I want to see dave just roll into a, a lobby of 12 year olds and just th- this old man comes rolling into their game 
dropping f bombs and <laughs> this is Leroy a Jenkins the shit out of that lobby. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, my cousin at one point. This has probably been I don't know eight or ten years ago at this point. Really wanted to play Minecraft with me, and he was I don't know. He's probably ten years, twelve years younger than me. And he really wanted to play Minecraft, so I hopped in with him. And I hadn't played in a couple of years, and I was like, "Why are why are people shooting? Like, you can shoot in Minecraft now." And it was some mod that basically turned Minecraft into a first-person shooter. But oh god! I didn't really enjoy that very much because I was like, I just thought we were going to be building stuff and like exploring the world together. But here we go. And you might have been playing Roblox. I don't know if Roblox existed. <laughs> How long has Roblox existed? <laughs> I don't know. That's so far out of my comprehension. Yeah, it's very strange. Yeah. If you ever want to go down the rabbit hole. Go down the rabbit hole of like modded Roblox Roblox levels. There's like an in in app browser you can use, mm. and some of the stuff people have made and that I've seen online is very far from the source material. Let uh, me just say that. I think I'd rather just be ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Fair enough. Yeah. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Next story. Elden Ring. Dave, I know you're pumped for this one. Brandon, I know you're pumped for this one. I'm even a little bit pumped for it, even though I'm not a big From Software guy. But the release of Elden Ring is not loading this article. The release of Elden Ring has been postponed until February with a network test scheduled for November. And I can't get this article to pull up for me right now. Of course, that's always the problem when you rely on pulling up articles during a recording. But we can go off that prompt. Guys, the game was originally supposed to come out in January. Now it's coming out in February. They're doing a network test, which probably is like code for, not code, but like, you know, it's kind of like a beta, you would think. Right. Uh, how do you feel about Elden Ring getting delayed? Dave, we'll start with you. It's it's fine. It's not a huge um, push. Like, it's not like it's being delayed like six months or something. But um, I really feel for people uh, in like games media because where they pushed it to, kind of makes February a very crowded month because you have uh, Dying Light 2 now, you have Elden Ring, you have the Destiny expansion. Uh, there's something else I'm forgetting. Um, but that's that's kind of a lot at once. Um, remember, you know, the good old days when February was a quiet month for, yeah. <laughs> for video yeah, games? Really. And lately it's just been January, February, March has has been like another holiday. Um so, yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be a busy month for gamers, and I feel for people who are trying to cover all these games at once. But um, I like the way they announced it where, you know, they said, sorry, we have to delay it slightly, but also you're going to have a chance to play it a little bit early or at least a slice of it right. um, in this network test. So not a huge deal. I mean, I, the way us as gamers in the industry has received um, delays over the past, you know, two years has been fairly positive because it usually means that, things need a little bit more time just to produce the best possible day one product as possible. Um, so yeah, not a huge deal. It's, it's again, it's, it's only a few weeks. So, so yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not too bothered about it, but. One, one thing you just said there, I was just thinking about the fact that, yeah, you're right. Most, most gaming news people, most gamers in general are cool with a delay because they know it means most likely a better product. The one time I could think of recently that that wasn't the case, uh, that, that people weren't okay with it, was with Cyberpunk. For whatever reason, every time they delayed Cyberpunk, it was like you had killed every gamer's dog, or for, for a better example, destroyed every gamer's PS4, uh, smashed it into the, into the concrete. Every time Cyberpunk got delayed, and it was like, hey, look what you did. You, you made them 
you know, it was their fault entirely, but you made them feel rushed. You made them feel like they had to get it out. And if they could have just said, we need an extra year and we would have all been okay with it. Now, granted, I probably wouldn't have been okay with it either, but who knows what could have happened in that time. Yeah. I'm going to, I, I don't know if you're remembering that entirely correctly because, okay. The the reason why that's a difficult comparison is because Cyberpunk, how many delays did it have? It had at least two. It only had two official delays. And I seem to recall when it did get delayed the first time, even the second time, people were fairly um, easy on CD Projekt Red. Um, But again, the reason why we sort of look back on it and and probably have negative feelings is because the end product was just so bad. And you look at it and you're like, what was the point of all these delays? And obviously you don't hope something like that happens with Elden Ring and, you know, the day one product is going to be fairly good. Um, but, you know, we're about to see another example of this with Battlefield. Yeah. Um, again, this delay was maybe a month or so. Um, but let's see what they actually did with that time, um, that extra development time. So we must look yeah, at different parts of Twitter. Sorry, we must live in different parts of Twitter because I remember people being outraged when they were delaying it. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember that, but I, I, we, I mean, we all recall how outraged people were when it actually launched. And it was yeah, like, what was yeah. the point? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. No. Right. No, I think it's good that it's being delayed. I think it's great that they came out of the gate saying something like, "Hey, we're delaying it." First of all, it's not that long. Second of all, this is what we're giving you real soon. I think that's a smart way to do it. Um, it kind of sets people up. Right. To expect that, you know, it's going to be ready to play in November right. and, you know, it's only a month delay. So I would love to see them actually take a look at the multiplayer. Like if this actually is a test to kind of stretch out the multiplayer, the aspects of Dark Souls that represent it best are never the multiplayer. I mean, the multiplayer is always it works well, it's tacked on. but I'd love for them to do something a little bit bigger with it and a little bit better and i'm hoping that's what they're foreshadowing potentially by calling it this instead of a beta um well, that, all- that's what i wanted to ask you i thought they had said the elden ring wouldn't have co-op of any kind no 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 they actually tweeted out a photo of like multiple whatever they're called ashen ones whatever uh-huh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what they're called multiple characters um in like semi-familiar looking outfits okay okay i misunderstood Um, then not exactly but you had like the big fat boy and you had (laughs) a guy with a you know a big hat you know stuff like that so they've already teased a little bit about the multiplayer so i'm hoping that it's not just the way it's worded and that it actually is some sort of network test because i would love for it to come out with some difference in the multiplayer because i think that's one of the aspects where dark souls can kind of uh fall short sure Absolutely. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how the industry reacts to a to a new from game. Uh it's always a little different, but uh with this one that's either gonna be, oh, it's not enough like Dark Souls or it's too much like Dark Souls. I mean yeah. that, that's gonna be the reactions, I think. So yeah. We'll see. But I don't know that I agree with that though, because people could have said that about Sekiro. They did? And what are people saying now? They love it. Now it's their own game. Yes, right? it is. Right? So, like, yep. the discourse immediately will be comparing it to everything else. But in the long run, what will matter is the overall opinion, right. long-lasting. So, right. For sure. Brandon, I know you're going to have some things to say about this next one. Uh, game Rant. The story comes from Game Rant. Call of Duty's Ricochet anti-cheat may have been leaked to hackers. And this was a few days ago, and I think there's been some new information yeah. since then. Um, but we've been talking about wanting an anti-cheat in Call of Duty for so long to the extent that we know personally people that have quit playing because of all the cheating. And that's not the main reason I quit, but it was part of it for sure. Uh, basically, it's a program that's going to help stop the cheating. They've even put out uh, an email to everyone with a registered Call of Duty account saying that you better look out because we're going to stop cheating here pretty soon. But Turns out, just the day after they revealed the anti-cheat, it's rumored that it has been leaked to hackers. And obviously, anytime the source code of your anti-cheat gets leaked, it's probably going to result in workarounds on that. Brandon, there was more information I saw that I don't have a a resource for because it was just on Twitter. Maybe you know about it, that they said that leaking it to hackers was part of the plan. Oh, I didn't see anything about that. I think what I saw was that they were... um, 
maybe they were just covering up, but that they wanted hackers to be able to get their hands on it to find out what the exploits in the anti-cheat were. Yeah. So anyway, Brandon, sounds, we'll, we'll start with you. What? How do you feel about yeah. this in general? <laughs> that just sounds like pretty convenient that right. they would be like, oh yeah, we're just giving it to everybody to try out. Um, I don't know. I I don't know how they keep falling so flat on their face. I would really hope there's some sort of grand scheme going on in the background after they put out that edgy-ass message saying, cheaters ruin the games. You better watch out. We got something coming for you. Right. Um, and they painted on their black eyeliner. Um, but <laughs> but no, I just I think it's funny that the big first thing out of the gate was kind of uh, uh, just a little sput. It's just it's just a little glimmer is nothing much. Um, I'm not really thinking that Ricochet is going to go anywhere at this point. Right. Um, I would hope that if some sort of source code was leaked, that they would be able to potentially remedy that. But depending right. on the extent of the leak, I mean, they might be dead on in the water already. So yeah, it's hard to say, I guess we'll just see when the game comes out, but I'm not very hopeful to be honest. So, right. And I'm already seeing stuff about battlefield too. So I'm really wondering at some point if cheating will just be the new norm in first-person shooters. Um, it's really hard to detect machines that aren't software; they're hardware, right? And that's the newest thing. Oh, really? Is, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, you essentially plug something in, and your uh, PC thinks it's a, a keyboard, but it's something that has a little bit of script inside of it that changes your game slightly. So it's really hard to get around that because it's not physically a part of the game. Right. Um, so I don't know. It's all very discouraging. Um, and to think that one of the biggest companies in the world potentially is going to fuck up cheating again when they made such <laughs> a big deal about it right. is just sad and laughable. Yeah. Um, sad for them and sad for me. So Dave, you like FPSs. You're mostly a console gamer when it comes to FPSs. Have you had to deal with much what you felt like was cheating in the game? In any um, games, not just Call of Duty. Probably. I mean, I I don't know. I just want to m maintain my 1.01 KD ratio, and I'm I'm happy. And I, <laughs> right. I can I can usually uh, struggle my way through that. But yeah, I, I'm primarily playing FPS uh, stuff, sort of competitively on console. But I mean, the whole crossplay thing has obviously opened a whole new can of worms to people who may or may not be vulnerable to that. So I mean, totally with you brandon that this is something that companies like activision and ea really need to figure out and we started to see it last year where you know they were threatening pretty serious legal action and they went through with some of that against people who were proven to be makers of this software and now hardware and you know we haven't heard much of that lately and i think that's something that might need to continue just to really show people that you know if you mess with our product like this then there's going to be serious ramifications. And if anybody has the financial resources to mount a proper charge against people like this, it's Activision and EA who've got the most to lose right now because, um, you know, a couple of weeks out from launch of, of two of major installments in, in two of your biggest franchises and people are talking about cheating, not how excited they are for Vanguard right. in 2042. So got to sort that out because it doesn't look good. You know what else doesn't look good is Battlefield. <laughs> I've been seeing a lot of a lot of uh, negativity about it. Now I don't know that could just be the internet discourse as it tends to be is mostly negative. But uh, I'm a little worried about that because I was pretty excited for a new Battlefield game just because it's been not only has it been a little while since we've had one, but also it's been a, even longer since I've played one. And I was really looking forward to it. And I know Dave, that's a that's a pretty uh, that's one of your favorite franchises and Brandon's been pretty pumped for it. So I'm really hoping they get it together for launch because I want to play it, but I don't want to play it if it's going to be broken at launch. Yeah. Just well, don't I, release a game every year. If this is what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I mean, really just yeah. cut your losses. Sorry. Go ahead, Dave. I personally might be out at launch for battlefields. Um, and the good thing about battlefield is their games live on for right. three, four years and you know, the product you get six months after launch is probably going to be a lot better than the day one thing. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I did feel a little bit better when they actually came out and said that, yes, the beta was an older build of the game. Right. But, you know, 
three things are sure in life, death, taxes, and Battlefield is going to launch with a lot of jank. So right. it just sort of seems like a, a, a foregone conclusion at this point that what we get at launch might not be all that great, but uh, I don't know. It is what it is. And and uh, Brayden and I sort of had a chat about this off air um, after last week's episode. And, and I don't know. I'm feeling good about Vanguard right now. I know Brandon doesn't feel the same way, but uh, – I mean, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how Battlefield actually looks when it launches in a couple of weeks. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. And I'm I'm really inter- interested to see, even though a lot of the press around Vanguard is really negative, uh, I'm interested to see it sell 20 million copies anyway. Yeah, because it's Call of Duty. <laughs> oh, it will. It will. Yeah. It, oh, it will. Yeah. Speaking of 20 million copies, here's a game that won't be selling that much: Guardians of the Galaxy. That's all I had to say. That was the whole news story. It, it won't sell 20 million units. Moving on. Now, Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy system requirements are going to ask for 150 gigabytes from your SSD. This comes from PCGamesN.com. Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy is full of hard decisions and multiple choices. Its linear approach to the story means it probably won't fill that Mass Effect-shaped hole in your life. However... The system requirements for PC appeared on Steam today, and they're roughly similar to Mass Effect Andromeda's. It's going to be about 150 gigabytes of storage. Specifically, they want it to be on your SSD, which we know SSD space is a lot more uh, pricey per gig than it would be on a regular hard drive. Um, This is gigantic. Yeah. For a single-player, mostly linear game, 150 gigabytes just seems totally outrageous and unexpected yeah. to me. I I see games like Warzone, and I don't think it's at all excusable. Right. But they have hundreds of skins at this point, all with different animations. Right. You know, shit like that. And I can even give some wiggle room there. I don't think it's acceptable. But for a game of this type to come out and be this large, they can't keep getting away with this. Right. They cannot keep getting away with this. You just, you have to figure it out. You have to cut something somewhere because plain and simple, these consoles don't come with the storage unless you want that to be one of only two or three games that you have on your console that are any of any AAA status at this point. Now, I will cut in here and say real quick that that number specifically is for the PC version. So it may be significant. It could be less on consoles. Yeah. But I doubt that's going to be that a third. M- yeah, that much you know? less. Because like, you know, about 50 gig is kind of pushing the top end of big games, of like normal big big single player games on consoles, right? About 50 gig or so, 50 to 80 at most. Yeah, that would be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, that I would be happy. I mean, you that. see way more between 20 and 40, especially right. with the new SSDs and everything. Yeah. But that's a big one. Uh, Dave... Uh, have you had space issues? I think we talked a little bit about expansion cards and stuff like that a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if you were around or not, but have you had issues with space on your console? Yeah, um, almost immediately, actually, with my PS5, and I was a little bit upset about that. Um, but yeah, I'm constantly have to, having to manage what's what's on there and what, what I am playing and what I'm not playing. And um, it's uh, it was something I I was hoping would be addressed with the next generation of consoles, whether, you know, just the storage space was going to be that much more or there was going to be more efficient use of space by the games. But literally, like, the day I got the PS5, I I installed Call of Duty. Um, I think I had Valhalla. Um, There was a couple other. Godfall was the other one. And I was at the brink, and I was already having to to move and delete stuff. And you do that. Did you immediately delete Godfall? No, no, I played oh. that through to completion, and, oh. and I enjoyed it, Ben Smith. It, oh, wow, I, did, I thought you didn't. <laughs> it was a fun game for six hours. Okay. Um, yeah. And then you get the, you know, it's I plugged in an external SSD, but you can only put, like, PS4 games on there, and right. it's it's weird. But, uh, yeah, that, that, that whole problem has not disappeared with the next generation of consoles. And it's something I expect for the Series S, um, just given what the console is. And I, I don't really mind it because, you know, I'm already the kind of person to play a game as much as I want to, and then delete it. And right. if I happen to want to go back to it, I do. Otherwise, you know, I know it's there if I want to re-download it. But yeah, yeah, I, I, 150 gigabytes just for Guardians is is 
weird. Like, what is it? Honestly, what could it be? Like, yeah. Like, is well, it, we is it really Guardians? Is it, is it going to install the campaign in a Battle Royale mode and in a, in a Guardian zombie mode? And yeah, that's what I'm saying. All the stuff I'm going to play once and never play again. It's, it's just... all Groot all the time. <laughs> that, for 150 say no more it's just hidden group porn it's just a hot <laughs> oh, no. coffee group mod you gotta you gotta get all the renders in for the uh for all those different branches and stuff so that's it, right it takes a little bit understandable yeah brandon this one next one it's gonna be a soothing one for you i know how much you love nintendo and all of their antics of course uh this comes from GameInfinitus.com. nintendo switch online expansion pack reveal becomes the most disliked video on Nintendo's official YouTube channel ever. We'll get into what that means here in a second, but basically, or right now actually, Nintendo Switch's online expansion pack has risen to the top of the official channel's most disliked videos. Nintendo confirmed the pricing for Nintendo Switch online expansion pack during a direct that was focused on Animal Crossing New Horizons. They revealed that the expansion pack will come with the DLC for Animal Crossing New Horizons that will cost $25. So just to take a break there for a second, if you want the expansion pack, for New Horizons, it's $25 uh, on its own. You can get that without getting this other thing. But it will come with the expansion pack for Nintendo Switch online. Uh, the expansion pack is going to be $50 if you're an individual user and $80 for a family membership. Now, also with that is going to come... And by the way, the initial like Nintendo Switch online is $20 a year. $50 for a year? $50 extra on top of the $20. $70 a year? Yes. So let me keep going here Go for ahead. a minute. Sorry. Um, it's going to include, first of all, you know, of course. Um, oh, wait, I'm sorry. You can upgrade your additional, your your existing subscription to the new one by paying the additional amount. So it's it'd be $50 if you want the entire thing. Gotcha. Um, okay. So it's not $70. I, I made a mistake on that. I think in Canada, it'll be like $350, but that's a different story. Understood. Yeah. Um, they're going to be adding... This also makes me really mad. Uh, the Sega Genesis collection, which there's already a game you can buy for like $20 that has all the games in the Sega Genesis collection. But you can buy that as part of the subscription, just like you can the Nintendo or the Super Nintendo consoles. And also it'll have some games for N64, which we don't know what games those are yet. And of course, it includes all the other things like the ability to play multiplayer and some of the special games they put out. But Brandon... Let's hear you um, talk about how great it is that Nintendo's only charging $50 for a couple extra retro titles. Yeah. And by the way, if you quit paying the $50 a year, uh, you lose access to that. Right. So that's something that I'm semi-familiar with. Um, PlayStation Plus does the same thing. No, nope. If I don't have PlayStation Plus, oh, yeah, that. I yeah. don't get the games, right. which is fine. Right. That's the way it is sometimes. I don't agree with it. I think Xbox has a better model. I think that actually being able to physically own the games because you pay... $60 a year for something is great. And I wish PlayStation would do that. So obviously... Wait, sorry. I have to stop you there. Games with gold, you don't get to keep the games anymore if you drop your subscription. You don't get to do that anymore? Not since the Xbox One generation. Fuck me. Yeah. Nobody's doing it right anymore then. <laughs> no. Good God. All right. Well, anyway. But anyway, I just wanted to anyway. cut in before the yeah, corrections no, came no, no, from, no. from Edwin. Yeah, I was going to say, we'll get a... Yeah. Actually, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm teasing Edwin. Um, no, I just think it's, it's hilarious how little they can do and charge premium prices. Um, and people are going to buy it. People are going to buy it and buy it and buy it. And I'm refusing. I'm taking a stand. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Um, not many things would interest me that would be in either one of those collections, right. the Genesis or the N64 collection, but to expect people to pay nearly market value for a yearly subscription for games that are 25 years old, 30 years old is strange to me. I'm pretty sure too the now they may have clarified this again since, but when I saw some of the initial news coming out about it last week, basically if you drop the subscription, you lose access to the expansion pass for um, the Animal Crossing content. I think if you get items in the game. You can keep them, but the actual content that comes along with that expansion pass goes away, which, again, kind of makes sense. But like you don't pay, I don't know, any other DLC that you buy for a game. You don't lose it if you quit paying for it. Right. Like, not, I shouldn't say any other because I'm sure there's an example out there. But like if I buy the expansion for another single player game, 
I just have it. That's right. part of, I have it. Now, I just really hope this sort of thing doesn't become a thing. And I could easily see Nintendo capitalizing off of this. Um, you take one of your highest player-based games, Animal right. Crossing, and you put it behind a paywall, right? Right. I just don't want Mario Kart and whatever oh Smash God. comes down the line. And, you know, I could just easily see this going down a hill of if I want the new shit for a new game, yeah, I have to pay a monthly subscription or a yearly subscription. And I just don't want that to be the case. Um, I've been very wary of what Nintendo's done over the past two years, and I've not been very happy with what I've seen. And this just kind of continues down that trail of, I don't know, it just doesn't seem very consumer-friendly to me. Yeah, but Brandon, what about the SwoLED? It's so nice. No. <laughs> um, it is nice. It is very nice. Yeah. If you don't have a Switch, get the OLED. It's much better. But, um, I don't know, I'm just generally unimpressed constantly by Nintendo, and they're making money hand over fist, so I guess they don't really give a fuck about what I think. Right. Um, but it's just unfortunate because I wish more people, Nintendo could be more. I really think they could be better. They could offer more to the consumer, but they don't need to because the consumer doesn't need it. The consumer is willing to pay for whatever little amount or however old the game is. The consumer is willing to pay for it if it's Nintendo. Imagine you're one of the 30-ish plus million people who bought Animal Crossing within the last 18 months. And for many people, that was their first and maybe still only Switch game that they owned because a lot of people bought Switches during this time period as well. Right. Imagine you're like, oh, yeah, that doesn't seem that bad. Like, just think about how many people will be cashing in on that. Yeah. Dave, you have a Switch. Do you pay for Nintendo Online? I did once very briefly. I can't remember what for. I think it might have been Dauntless or something. But I I did enjoy my my month-long trial with Tetris 99 and... yeah couple other things but uh as soon as it was done i had zero desire to go back and this just makes me not really interested in in paying for it because i like brandon it's just you know you look at sort of the value offerings from the big three and obviously xbox for me personally is is right on top and sony isn't bad but the switch you know just like the sort of hardware capacity of their their consoles is 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 coming up in uh, in third place, so I don't know. Right. It's uh, they're, they're trying to turn this into you know more of a business for a sort of company and stuff, and it's I think they're going the wrong way about it. But I don't really care because as long as I can get Zelda and in uh, my Mario games, right? And I don't have to pay for an online um, sort of service, then I I get what I need out of my Switch. Yeah, but Dave, Skyward Sword HD is only <laughs> sixty bucks. This old ass game is only sixty dollars. That's fine. I'm not that salty, and I don't not think that it should be sixty dollars. Right. I just it's a general using and abusing almost of the fan base where it's just we know you're willing to pay for it. We know we have the goods. We're right. gonna make you pay for it and then some sometimes. So the other thing is um the switch for me personally is kind of turned into my indie machine. Yep. Um, because so many like quality indies launch either first or almost close to launch uh, date sort of on switch alongside PC and then whatever else. And, you know, you know how hard visibility is on this, on the um, switch online store. So they, they often launch on sale, but it's just a nice little place to, to play some of those, uh, you know, those lesser known indie titles and, and yeah, so and again, that's something I do not need an online premium service for to play. So it just it, it doesn't appeal to me that way. Right. I agree. It doesn't appeal to me either. Uh, when my son, who plays the Switch a good bit, saw that, uh, I don't know where he saw it or heard it, that there were N64 games coming to it. He was like, so wait, so we have to pay money for that? I was like, yeah. He's like, well, why would we do that? The N64 is already hooked up. And I was like, correct. That's why we're not buying it. If you <laughs> yeah. want it, you can pay for it. But I will not be footing the bill on this one. Yeah. Your son is a smart consumer already. He really is. He's also probably uh, too much of a tightwad like his dad. But we'll see. Smarter than the average yeah. Nintendo consumer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, no. Gentlemen, I have only played one new i mean i've played a lot of games this week but only one that i haven't talked about on the show recently and i usually don't go first but i'm going to this time it's half-life alex and i've been playing it uh on my quest to via my pc through steam and i don't have a lot to say about that game that hasn't been said other than that the couple hours i've played thus far is amazing 
I love it. It works so well. It looks so good. It runs great. Now that's probably more my computer than the actual, um, than the quest, I suppose. But it, everything about it is just uh, firing on all cylinders for me. It's nice and spooky. I don't play it too late at night because it spooks me. Uh, but it's it's a good time, and I recommend anybody who has a quest and a decent PC. I know that the idea of the quest is that it's totally self-contained, but the quest now you can wirelessly hook it up to your computer and play these games on them on through Steam. And I would really highly highly recommend it to anyone who has the capabilities to do so. I don't know if I'd go out and buy a quest just for it, but close, honestly. So that's my only newish game that I've been playing. Still chugging through New World and enjoying that, just farming lots of ore, uh, as is my as is my use. Dave, what about you? Have you played anything new and exciting this week? Um, no, nothing new and exciting. I um, I finished up The Ascent finally. Um, oh, nice. Once again, I'll say it one more time. Great game. Please check it out. It's on Game Pass. Uh, I started a new playthrough of The Outer Worlds. Um, that game is really funny. Uh, played a little bit of Call of Duty. I haven't done that in a while. And uh, I did briefly jump into uh, Back for Blood because um, it's free on Game Pass, $13.99 Canadian a month for uh, instant access to hundreds of free games. Um, this show is not sponsored by Microsoft Games Pass. Um, and yeah, I... But I, we would I, be for sale if they offered. <laughs> I don't have a, a an emotional connection to uh, Left 4 Dead. Um, so it didn't hook me immediately. And I, I can't help but thinking as I was playing it, I'd rather be playing Call of Duty Zombies. Yeah. Um, but uh, it wasn't bad. I mean, it was cool. It was fun. Um, so yeah, other than that, I'm just looking forward to the big releases in a couple of weeks. I guess I did play some left for, or some left for dead, some back for blood. And, uh, I still think it's a, it's a fun game to play with friends, but I don't want to play it alone and it doesn't live up to, um, left for dead in any way, shape or form. So Brandon, you're up. Um, I've just been playing more far cry six. Um, I feel as if at this point it's kind of outstanding. It's welcome. Yeah. I'm really ready to just be done with it at this point. Um, I feel like it suffers from the stereotypical Ubisoft. There must be a million of everything everywhere. Let's make it as big and as dense as we possibly can for seemingly no reason. There's no value in me doing this. The stories aren't interesting. It's outstanding. It's welcome is what I'm really saying. Um, I've kind of fall off fallen off on the story and that's about all that's left for me and so i feel like i'm just working my way through and it's not even i feel like most of my fun has been had with the game at this point yeah and now i'm just finishing it which is sad because i was really looking forward to this game um i think that i will remember it mostly fondly but i know that i won't be as excited for far cry 7 when it comes out as i was excited for far cry 6 right now having had it um i feel a little bit differently right so i just think that um maybe ubisoft games aren't as good or i don't really like them as much as i used to um so maybe that's two different thoughts there but yeah it just sucks but um yeah i'm trying to get through it i really am i would love to do the plaid but like i said i'm kind of slowing down at this point um i've been thinking a lot about death stranding Mm -hmm. i've kind of stopped completely on that because I want all of my attention to be on that because that is like very, very high quality. Like I enjoyed every second I had with it up until getting Far Cry 6. Right. And I've cut it off since. Yeah. Because I want my full attention on that. Um, And the better of the two games is going to be remembered more anyway. So more or less excited to get back to Death Stranding. Far Cry 6 is fine. If you're interested in Far Cry, check it out. Don't spend a lot of money on it. Like I said last week, it'll be cheap quick. So right. Good advice. Yeah. All right, boys. Anything else? That's that's it for me. Yeah, that's, that's all it, I have. Cool. Dave's nodding. All you right. can see him. All right. Uh, like I said at the top, if you're not supporting us over on Patreon, maybe consider it. It's a dollar a month or a little more if you want. Uh, Patreon.com slash handsome phantom. We appreciate it. Even if you're not a patron, we appreciate you being here. We appreciate you listening. We haven't asked for it in a while, but if you wouldn't mind, head over to iTunes. Give us a little review there. There's a lot we know. know we have a lot of new listeners who weren't here when we had the initial pushes. And uh, those reviews help help boost visibility and stuff like that. So we appreciate that. And we appreciate you being here. 
and we'll be back next week. The HP Podcast and HandsomePhantom.com are supported by our proud patrons over at Patreon. If you want to support the show, head over to Patreon.com slash HandsomePhantom. Htrons, Maurice Bays, Passive Pixels, Edwin Castillo, Fusebro, Boots, Poot, Jared, Josh Cummings, Edward Walton, Charles Peterson, Toby Ryland, Straw Hat Ninja, Jared Cavallero, Jason Canham, and Kevin Lucas.